This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. And we're going to have a, a young fella on. I call him, well, compared to me, he's really young. And uh, uh, it, it's so interesting, Mike Bartlett, that I, I can uh, get to meet so many great people that I have never met before and just thoroughly enjoy it because this county ha- has has been kind of like a uh, place that everybody wants to go because it's so special. The kids are so special. The parents are. And you're at Stewart's Creek. But you were originally from Arkansas, you and your wife. That is correct. And tell me a little bit about that because there's a different flavor coming from everybody that comes into this community. Exactly. My wife was born and raised in Greenwood, Arkansas, which is right on the Oklahoma-Arkansas border just south of Fort Smith. Yeah. I grew up 80 miles east of there in Russellville, which is, we were directly between Little Rock and Fort Smith. Mm -hmm. Um, We knew nothing of each other. She started her first year of college at Baylor University, where her dad graduated from. Mm -hmm. I attended Arkansas Tech University, which is in my hometown of Russellville, and she ended up at Arkansas Tech, and I saw her one night, and long story short, I eventually asked her out, and somehow she said she would marry me, and we were married in 1986, and uh, however many years, I think it's 35 coming up this July, and we eventually moved to eastern Arkansas, coached at West Memphis High School for seven years, and uh, we wanted to, to move somewhere different to raise our boys. We ended up in Lebanon, and... 1995 we've been in the middle tennessee area since and i grew up between the ozarks and washita mountain range so you know this part of the country's more like home to us we're i don't want to say we were hillbillies but we were grown in, you know we were raised in the the mountainous part of a very beautiful part of arkansas it is beautiful up there but there's something about uh what is it that has that draw and that pull here in Rutherford County and Middle Tennessee, let's just say Middle Tennessee, because uh, I've been all over everywhere, and I've never known a place that had that friendly atmosphere, and you're not afraid to raise your kids here. Exactly. That was the only reason we moved here, and we absolutely loved our years in Lebanon because of the pace of life. Yeah. Um, you felt safe doing whatever. Uh, we were there for eight years. I came to Siegel Middle, then Siegel High School, and we lived. We were within two miles of Siegel, and you're right. It's just a it's a great place to raise kids. You have mm-hmm. everything of a modern city, and yet it's a feel of a, a small city. And within ten minutes, you're out in the middle of the country, and you're ten minutes away from about anything you want to do or eat. Yeah. And being a coach, you're raising not only your kids, but everybody else's kids in the, in the same area. And I think it, that that's probably the most special of all the education uh, uh, um, jobs that you can have because you're not only able to raise them in the classroom, you're, ab- you're able to to teach them so many different positive things in the coaching field that will lead them on once they get into the area of trying to figure out what their career is going to be. Exactly. That's the 
regardless of how much you win or how much you lose, yeah. that relationship you get to build, those are lifelong. As a former played baseball in college, mm-hmm. I could tell you four or five things that happened, but I can tell you about every one of our teammates. And yeah. uh, we're just afforded the time to spend with those kids in a more intimate environment. You know, during mm-hmm. baseball practice especially, there's downtime where you can go have a one-on-one conversation. You can ask them how school's going, how things outside of school's going. And, you know, we use baseball as a tool to to try to – hopefully they'll leave our program better off than when they came in our program. Now, do you compete for athletes in your own school system that some will want to play football, some will want to play uh, basketball? But I think baseball is – it's kind of rejuvenating itself right now. You, you, you're seeing players that uh, um, maybe they they feel more comfortable. I know a lot of great football players and, and basketball players over the years uh, found out uh, later in life that baseball was really the sport that they want to, well, they wanted to play at that time. We we're fortunate. The culture we built at Stewart's Creek High School, we don't have to compete against football, basketball, track, all the other sports because mm-hmm. we know how important it is to have the best athletes in every sport, anything they want to do. You grew up a, a day or two before I did, but whatever the sport was, you and I played it. We yeah. played whatever was in season. We were going to play NFL football, NBA basketball, Major League Baseball. Now it seems like we specialize so early that uh, you know that's a little discouraging but um i think baseball as long as you take care of your arm yeah you're, you can play as long as your skills allow you to you know the game's going to leave us all at some point yeah um but i i think you're right i think it's it's becoming probably more popular injury you know yeah chances of Long-term health yeah. is better than football for certain. Like you mentioned, the, the only thing you really worry about in baseball, as far as injuries is concerned, is your arm. I mean, once you lose that, you're you're in pretty bad shape. But uh, you're a member of the Davidson County old-timers baseball. I'm really not a member. I'm one of those fringe guys that I ride the coattails of all the people that I do know in that organization. But. I'm you, you get to meet a lot of nice, really special people oh, in that organization. Uh, we, you and I were talking, John and Charlie Mitchell. Charlie yeah. is our pitching coach, and I've met John through church, and we've gone on a couple of mission trips. And John, and we're all of the same generation, and John played baseball with a couple of guys that I knew either playing with or against mm-hmm. from Arkansas. So as big as the baseball world is, it's a very tiny community, and – I can talk to people of my generation that played minor league baseball, and there's four or five people that our paths have crossed through, mm-hmm. you know, throughout our career, you know, as short as mine was. You you, you probably never got to see a game at Sufferdale, did you? In never. Nashville. No, but oh, uh, you missed something. <laughs> it, 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 it's it's a lot like sitting uh, in, in Boston uh, at the ballpark there, and. Uh, it was is one of the oldest ballparks in the United States uh, in, in in the professional league, and there were so many. I got to see Mickey Mantle play. And of course, uh, when you talk about Oklahoma, I I I, I get in an argument with uh, the preacher at Science Hill because he says Johnny Bench was the best ball player to come out of Oklahoma, and I said you're not even close, big boy. Mickey Mantle was the best that ever came out of Oklahoma. I'll have to agree with you on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, 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 they speaking of school, they would actually stop uh, everything going on in our school when I first went to Kittrell, and uh, they would turn the radio on. We didn't have television back in. They turned the radio on, and we got to listen to the World Series. And usually it was the Yankees playing the Dodgers during that uh, particular time. And baseball just controlled my life when I was a kid. I didn't I didn't have any other interest except I wanted a glove on my hand and I wanted a bat in my hand and I wanted to go out and play. Uh, 
I have a, I tell people I have an unhealthy relationship with it. Uh, 1970, one of my older brothers was drafted by the Mets. Ah. So from that point on, that's all I ever, ever wanted to do. And um, I played football just to play football. It was too short. All the girls wanted to date the, the football players. But but I, uh, but honestly, with you, I wasn't interested in that. I just wanted to play ball, period. It, yeah. it controlled everything. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, to this day it still does. And I'm, yeah. Right on the edge of 60. <laughs> that doesn't seem possible. You don't look <laughs> it. Um, have you had some really good guests to come on for the old-timers baseball when oh. y'all would have the big meetings? Oh, we've had Gaylord Perry. Oh, wow. Ferguson Jenkins spoke. Dale Murphy spoke. Uh, my memory's not good enough. And as good as that part is hearing the speakers Mm -hmm. there's so many former major and minor league players that once they play in nashville they all move back and i go to the golf tournament and go to the banquet and just to see that many former major and minor league players that live in this area and and there are a lot of uh my oldest son works for the baseball agency Mm -hmm. so he's involved with professional and some major leaguers and there's a lot of current major leaguers that live in the area now and it's uh charlie and john always said once you play in nashville they all want to come back and yeah. make their home here yeah middle tennessee is the best place in the world to live i think Besides, now, mountains of arkansas will rival it but uh, this is home to us <laughs> yeah uh that's not because the clintons were there is it no sir let's move on <laughs> <laughs> You must have the same attitude I have, obviously. Now, tell me, Stewart's Creek, uh, what does it look like as far as baseball season getting ready to start? Well, first of all, we hope that, you know, we're not shut down again by the pandemic. Last year we got four, we played four games. Uh, We start Monday with our official first practice. We'll get four weeks of practice, and we open March fifteenth, um, mm-hmm. we're full. Uh, we we expect to be competitive. We've we've been fortunate to have really good players, and our assistant coaches are as good as anybody's from Vanderbilt to to any high school in this area. And Ooh. they they are. I, I don't do much. Um, I just kind of hang out. For some reason, I don't believe that. Uh, you just come out and watch, and you'll <laughs> see. I, I challenge everybody to come watch us practice four or five times, and you try to pick out the head coach because yeah. our guys are that good at it. So, What are we looking at as far as, I, I hate to even mention it, social distancing. I'm, I'm not one of these that likes this, but uh, how, how what does that, uh, that pandemic scare, how, how does that, fit into your baseball plans the only time it's been an issue that we have to really watch it is in confined spaces like the weight room mm-hmm. we try to keep our guys as distance as possible we have them in groups so if one gets tested positive we know which ones is affected um the dugout when we're outside we have to try to keep them you know separated but yeah. once we get to the baseball part of it besides umpire catcher hitter and a guy on first holding on there's really not another situation you should be yeah within six foot of someone so if we can manage the dugout and the the batter and if there's anybody on first if you know i'm of the opinion if we can play football we ought to be able to play baseball yeah how how does the um attendance fit in right now we don't know we are we've We've talked about we have a pretty good amount of seating area outside of the actual stands, so mm-hmm. we're hoping to set up some enough areas so people can come watch. We're fortunate to we have a really good following even outside of our parents. So I have we heard that. Accommodate it. Yes, it, we we've it's been a really 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 good job. Yeah, uh, ran into uh, well, actually Jeff Hamlin called me and he said. You've got to have Mike on because he he said he's special and he he will really make you a, a great guest and 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 I love that kind of uh, uh, attention that people really give to uh, individuals that 
they want to promote in 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 the community. That's pretty. That's really special. Yeah, Jeff's been a good friend. I, we were talking earlier. I only knew Jeff as a scoreboard guy when I first came to Middle Tennessee because yeah. Lebanon High School had the original electronic scoreboard, so he was there a lot. And does he, does the bank donate a lot of that to the uh, the teams in Wilson County? Because I I see that name. Uh, you can mention it if you want to. But I see that name on almost every play because my my uh, uh, grandson played baseball, and, and I, I would get to I, I like to notice everything as what the community has at that particular time. That particular bank has been really good to a lot of schools. Um, we were we I, we knew a lot of those uh, employees through manual. Um, the Baptist Church, a lot of those yeah. attended there, and my wife was an employee, so I got to know a lot of them. They've been good to that to to that Wilson County community yeah. and to Rutherford County. They they've done I've a whole seen, lot. I have of, seen that. Yeah, yeah, they've done a lot in our county. Uh, I, I I remember uh, I, most of the 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 clubs uh, uh, in this community, or have been part of baseball. Uh, ever since I was a little kid, I mean, we're talking about uh, everybody wants to do something for the kids, all the businesses, and I think that's a, a, a that's a major part of the success in this particular area. I was so afraid when this pandemic hit, but I was scared to death for the uh, small businesses, uh, but they have been able to weather the storm. Uh, most of them have done um, have really bounced back really really well. Uh, the the schools uh, they're they're in a in a different ball game. They're controlled by other areas and and uh, I think that Stewart's Creek uh, has really come out pretty strong as far as how they're handling everything. We have we are we are have a Smyrna address, but we're more of a community, Yeah. and yet the the town of Smyrna, you know, those businesses have supported us, and mm-hmm. there's no way that we can make it without support from the businesses. Yeah. There's just, we don't, we can't pay for our program with the number of people that sit in the bleachers, but mm-hmm. uh, it's been amazing how much support we've gotten through this, and last year only having, I think we had three home games, and you know the grass still grew. We had to maintain the the fields had to be maintained. We had bills to pay, and mm-hmm. you know yet somehow we were able to do that. And that's another unique draw to this area is the support of yeah. of all the schools. When I came, it was Riverdale, Oakland. You know Blackman opened. They said, well, the talent pool is going to be depleted two years later. Then when I was at Siegel when it opened, and then when we opened, you know, in Rockville now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this area is going to, they're going to figure out a way to get the athletes developed. And um, it's one of the m- most competitive areas I've ever been in, in terms of athletic. Yeah. And we can't do that without the support of the community either. You see statewide, and Rutherford County has been strong in every sport. Uh, what does it mean? Uh, I, first of all, I want you to know I'm not a Vanderbilt fan. But... Their baseball program is second to none, and how have they been able to do that? And because, but I do know there's a lot of great athletes here in Middle Tennessee. I really, I'm not a big Vanderbilt fan either. Yeah, um, have a great deal of respect for what Coach Corbin has done, but his situation is so different from the situation we have at Stewart's Creek in terms mm-hmm. of how they can run their practices and all. But um, I really I can't speak to that. But he is a, I know he's a tireless worker, a tireless recruiter, and it's probably just as hard to maintain that animal he's built as it is to have built it in the first place. But yeah. they certainly get the recruits. How, how are you looking as far as uh, prospective uh, athletes going to college to play baseball? Uh, this, this is the 2021. We have five players that are going on to play. Um, I hope I can remember them all. We have two to Vol State, 
one to Cleveland State, one to the Army going to the going to Army, and I'm missing one. Uh, Trevecca Nazarene. So wow. we're sending five this year, and we have a young man that's committed to MTSU for that'd be 2022. So you're going to be very competitive with all the other teams in in the Middle Tennessee area. We feel like we should be yeah. on paper. But having missed basically the entire season last year, there's a, a lot of question marks for all the coaches in our district, which yeah. is Rutherford County. We really, you know, we know what they did in the summer program, but we really don't know what they, you know, we hadn't seen them play. It's going to be fun. I know, uh Jacob, James, uh, uh, Jeff's son. Yes. Uh, Hamlin. He was a good, he was a good pitcher, wasn't he? Yes. He He won, uh, yeah, he won a lot of big games on the mound for us and, um, wasn't a power hitter, but we, you know, he always, he'd move the, he turned the lineup over to get to the top of the lineup. Very Mm -hmm. solid player. Um, really smart baseball kid. Kids seem like they're bigger now than they were when we were playing. Uh, it, not just in uh, 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 length and everything like that. Is it because you put on uh, in the in the weight room? You, do you work on strength, and do you have a strength coach that works with them? We do not have a strength coach, but we do work out really yeah. really hard in the weight room. Our guys, we only have them for you know so much time a day, so we can't mm-hmm. get everything we need to be done in that time period yeah probably in 2016 or 17 we had a group of kids that just said we're going to work off campus at gyms and they started that and that's carried on through our throughout the time we've been open and we have some kids that are just it's amazing how strong they are and that's changed the way baseball is being played now as well it's more of a it's a double home run kind of game, more though, more so than what you and I remember growing up. Yeah. What would you say the strength of your team is this year? Would, would it be pitching, uh, hitting, or, or um, uh, do you have speed in the outfield and, and all the things that you try to promote as a coach? Yes. We definitely have speed in the outfield. This is probably going to be the deepest team we've had in terms of talent in competition at each position Mm -hmm. we have a couple of pitchers that are um a little bit not 100 percent but i would think offense and defense right now and if we get these two kids back we'll you know we feel like we we have a chance to compete again what would you what would you say if uh, you had the vanderbilt coach looking at your team right now um and, and, and do they do they, do you have a relationship with a lot of the college? My my guess is you would, but but it's it's harder for somebody that hasn't been raised in this area to really. Now you know Jack Jolly. Oh yeah, everybody very knows well. Jack. If you've been anywhere in this part of the world, <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, he has been so strong in baseball, of course. Uh, we were talking earlier about him being a scout for the Chicago White Sox. And, uh, you know, he was ready to retire, and they wouldn't let him retire. <laughs> because when when he saw an athlete, he he knew what the prospects were going to be for that particular at, uh, athlete. But um, is it a lot of times baseball, you've got to be able to treat each individual different. Because some can take criticism, some can't take any criticism. In fact, um, if you get on to one, um, the ones that can't take it, you're liable to lose them. So it's it's all attitude and, and the way they look at everything. Um, is is that still a problem for coaches? Yes, it's. I can remember playing. You know, there was always that kid on the team that the coach would, you know, maybe one or two. Yeah. If he wanted to get a point across, he knew he could make his point to that one player. Yeah. It'd be like water off a duck's back. No one would ever, you know, he wouldn't think any of it. And 
we're more psychologists probably than we are baseball coaches. Just like you mentioned, everybody's psyche is different, and some need patting on the back, some need, you know, a more firm talking to, and you know that's that's why our staff is so good because they know I only have one. You know, I'm uh, I'm only good at one of those things, and so they have to take. You know, they all have to take their role. A lot of them have to go behind me and pat him on the back and say, yeah. you know, he still loves you. Listen to what he's saying, mm-hmm. not how he's saying it necessarily. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. Uh, you know, back to your question about Vanderbilt, we never get to see college coaches because they're playing at the yeah. same time. Do you like playing this early? I do playing. not. I wish we'd back it up. Uh, like, we'll start practice next week. It's going to be in the low 30s. Yeah. Um and that's that's the possibility of injuries right. in this kind of weather. Not not as much as their arm, but just standing around, yeah. you know, legs and because we can keep their arms, you know, we can keep those going. But we we played Blackman maybe two years ago. It was thirty five to twenty mile an hour wind. It was mm. the most miserable three game series that I've ever been involved with. I just you know at times you want it to be over. Yeah. And if you're the coach wanting it to be over, there's something wrong with that scenario. That you know, it'd be great if we could move it back. How do they dress like uh, <laughs> in a baseball uniform? I would, I would want to be out there with the biggest winter coat I could find. Yeah, they, you know, they have the modern, well, that warm gear is a little better than we used to play in thermal underwear. But yeah. it's still not, it's still not good. You just try to stay as warm as you can, get in the dugout, put a coat on. Um, when I was at Siegel, we had scales in the coach's office. I took all the clothes I had on for that particular game, and I had eight pounds of clothes on. Wow. I had everything I could find in our locker room to put on. Uh, it, it's it, it's not conducive. I wish we could back up, play into June a little bit. Why did they Why did they set it that way? Um, it, it, it never made any sense to me, and I know there has to be some reason behind all of the craziness i can only assume to get state tournament over before school's out because the state championship game is played on a friday before memorial day every year and i you know i would love to back it up two weeks because first two weeks of the season practice are generally miserable yeah 45 degree days like 80 in february now, how many seats do you have for attendance? In- I have no, I've never, it's never, I don't know, but we're going to have to count this year. Yeah. We'll have to measure six feet. Um, they did a great job in the fall with football measuring and marking and putting, you know, stickers to where you can seat and our gymnasium yeah. set up that way, and I'm sure we'll have to do that before our first game in March. Do you know Brian Hercules? Name's awfully familiar. I was going. He was over eating at Sylvan Park this morning, which he does at least once a week, and he's the city manager of Smyrna. And um, I was going to tell him that I had you on this morning, and for whatever reason, we got into a discussion that uh, once my mind is on a particular subject, I can't get off of it. So, <laughs> which is uh, my problem, but. Who are your uh, main uh, um, opponents that you're going to have this year? Because I know that you guys have got a strong name as far as um, a baseball team is concerned. Um, I know that at, at this early stage, can you really look toward any particular teams at this uh, moment? Based on what you see on social media, yeah. based on the their summers, you know we know that Siegel's going to have three really good pitchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Riverdale's going to have, you know, their usual array of pitchers. We'll open up with Rockville, and they'll they'll have a guy throwing, you know, somewhere over around 90 miles an hour. Um, you know, one particular opponent, probably not, but. We, you know, proximity to Smyrna is always a 
a really good, friendly, healthy rivalry. And, yeah. you know, we turn north and Laverne's one exit up. That's always, you know, a, a really good rivalry. And I spent 10 years at Siegel, so that's not a rivalry as much as it is old friends getting together to play a baseball game. And, yeah. you know, Oakland's Oakland. Blackman, you know, they've got a UT young man going to, you know, the University of Tennessee. So everybody is going to have two or three really good pitchers. Yeah. handful of good hitters. Um, good defense. Uh, it's – we used to play three-game series. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Mm-hmm. That is the, the most challenging, the most fun if you're a competitor. You know, it's, it's just – it's just fun if you're a competitor and a coach to get to play against such good competition. Yeah. And if you can survive, if you make it out of the district tournament into the regional, you know, history has shown you've got a good chance to play in the state tournament. So it's just it's just fun being a competitor. Do you play the small schools outside the the I mean in the Middle Tennessee area? Uh, uh, I that's one thing I really enjoyed. Was going into places like Franklin County and and uh, uh, where they don't have a lot of players, but you see a lot of good athletes coming out of those areas. Do you uh, do you get to do that, or is it mostly in your league uh, area? We have 17 district games within the county. Yeah. So we're playing, and we have about five or six non district or non-tournament games and mm-hmm. we always play columbia they're always competitive and yeah. good friends with their coach in the past we've played franklin county um when i was at siegel we used to play tullahoma craig revis is from tullahoma and they mm-hmm. had the, the the sheffields they've had a laundry list of guys that are either playing high level minor league or major league baseball um but we don't we don't get to and I learned from Craig, if we don't have to leave the county, why leave the county? Because we can go, we're a stone's throw from Summit, Nolansville, Independence High School. So we, I, I don't like to travel, so we try to play as close as we can. Um, Do you select the teams that you play? Outside of the district. We have a meeting, we draw numbers, we set that schedule, and then we get to pick who we want to play. Uh, so probably... Some of those coaches have been friends with you for a long time. I've known, uh, well, Mac and I go back, Mac Hawks and I go back to 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, my first year at Lebanon, he was at Oakland. I've known Craig Revis, 96 or 97, Barry Vetter at Blackman that long. Um, I'm so old that I coached against Cricks Biggs, who's the head coach at Laverne, Shay Deal, who's the head coach at um, Rockville. Who am I leaving out? And uh, Coach Looper was an assistant at Smyrna for all those years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mac and I are by far the two oldest, and he's a little older than me, and I'll remind that every time I play Mac Hawks, I remind him that he's a little bit older than me. But we've had some a lot of good a lot of good battles and a lot of good times. I can tell by the way you're talking about them, you have a lot of respect for them. Oh, yeah. It is, uh, and I failed to mention Barry Messer. Barry was at, he was an assistant for Buddy when I was there. It, it, it's the most unique bond, and people think I'm crazy, but as much as I missed the coaching part last spring when we got shut down, just the social aspect of before and after the game with the other coaches. And I used to umpire before I came to Tennessee, so the relationship even with the umpires it's just, you know, I miss that part of it. And, yeah. you know, just being around the kids, just hanging out in the dugout for the game, after the game. Um, I'm a bit of a social. It's I can almost, tell that. It's almost, a social, <laughs> it's almost a social outing for me now. I just tell the assistants, y'all, do, y'all go coach the game, and I'll chat with the coaches yeah. the whole time. You, miss, you mentioned umpires. Is it hard to um, hire umpires? At this particular time, with the virus and everything that's going on, I have heard rumors that um, they're not as uh, um, likely to to umpire as they were before. And and, uh, I like umpires that not only call the game, but they're teachers at the same time. uh, Kids seem to... uh, uh, 
are more motivated by them, and they have a a special way of uh, getting along with the kids. It's hard now to find baseball umpires, and I don't know the particular reason, but in our area, I will go to my grave saying this is the best group of umpire association I've ever been associated with. Yeah, good. They're good. They work hard. If they make a mistake, you know, they're not going to come out and say they made it. But yeah. a week or low, week or so later, they may say, yeah, you know, I, I kicked that one. But yeah. it's just hard. I, I think there's so much, I don't know, disdain, but uh, I think there's so much blame attached to one particular play, two-hour baseball game. You know, they catch so much grief, they're like, it's not worth it anymore. Um I've never, this is year 36 coaching, football, baseball, never changed an umpire's mind. Mm-hmm. If I go out there and, you know, make a spectacle of myself, it doesn't benefit our team at all. Yeah. And if I need to go out, you know, when it's time to go ask a call, I, I, I think they're more apt to say, okay, it's the first time he's come out to ask something. Maybe he's got a point we at least listen to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't. I don't holler much at them. I don't think it does me any good. Um, I disagree with the teaching part. I don't. Uh, I don't need them coaching our players because <laughs> that, that, that's an old joke between me and a couple of other umpires that want to tell us how to how we ought to play. Well, I think the the good thing about umpires in baseball is it's not as physical as running up and down the court in basketball or in football or anything like that. And I remember when we played baseball, the uh, umpires were pillars of the community. They may be uh, 35 or 40 years old, or they might be 50 or 60 years old, but they enjoyed being with the kids and giving them the benefit of their knowledge to teach the kids as the game went on. And I've noticed that when my uh, grandkids, my kids were were playing ball, we had younger people who enjoyed getting a little um, uh, money off of of that and things like that, where in in the earlier days, they didn't even get paid. They were just out there uh, just giving the benefit of of their knowledge. And, And they thoroughly enjoyed being with the kids and watching all the new athletes coming up and and a lot of them were were special ball players but uh even the ones that had a hard time ever even hitting the ball uh they were always working with them also yeah my buddy and i we were in i guess sophomores in college and we spent most of the summers at the ballpark and Mm -hmm. We didn't have high school baseball, so our American Legion coach said, if you're all going to be here, why don't you start umpiring? So we started umpiring, and I did it for, gee, we was probably 10 or 11 years, did a little bit of a few college games, and yeah. it's a great way to be involved. And, and it, you know, as a baseball nerd, I'm in the game still, and I enjoy um Good thing about baseball, there's downtime, and yeah. we use three umpires, and there's usually one on the third baseline, and you know we'll we'll talk through most of the game, and you know when he has to go do his job, and I have to coach, we don't. But it's a, uh, like I said earlier, it's it's more of a social outing to me with umpires and other coaches, and so you don't kick dirt on the on the home plate or I, nothing I like don't. that. Um, there, I, I won't say I haven't in the past, but in the last. Probably 15 years I figured out that no one paid $5 to see me make a spectacle of myself. My wife doesn't even wouldn't pay 5 to come watch me coach. Oh, bless her heart. She gets in free. Yeah. And it's an obligation at this point. <laughs> well, all that you do, you, you need support at home from a good wife, and I know you've got one. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with Mike Bartlett. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. 
Del Wamsley here. The first thing you're going to have to learn is until you stop expecting the politicians or anyone else to change your life, your life isn't going to change. The only person who can change your life is you, but you need to know how. Turn off the pundits and turn on the passive income. Tune in to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Listen to my show, the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. Catch the Del Wamsley Radio Show Monday through Saturday, 11 to noon, here on News Radio WGNS. Adams Place is founded by Dr. Carl E. Adams, a physician and lifelong resident of Middle Tennessee. He and Jenny May had a dream of building a campus concept of life care facilities for older adults. Adams Place Residential Living Director Terry Deal. Discover that senior living is fun. Call us at Adams Place and arrange a tour today. Adams Place is at 1927 Memorial Boulevard. Hey guys, I want to encourage you to make your health a priority this year. Brand new year, I should say. It's easier than you think at Low T Center. They are reinventing the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. They offer a comprehensive health assessment so that you know all the numbers that are important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, have a lack of motivation and drive, maybe you noticed weight gain and a loss of muscle mass. These could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or sleep apnea. Low T Center will help determine the cause of your symptoms and will help you get back to feeling your best. It all starts with a quick and easy health assessment, and that's covered by most health insurance. Low T Center is concierge medicine exclusively for us men, and they now offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety. That also include taking home a blood pressure monitoring cuff. Self-inject at-home treatments are $135 a month for self-pay, or covered by most health insurance. To schedule your assessment, go to LowTCenter.com. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Detectives need help identifying the person who altered a stolen check in November and fraudulently cashed it at Walmart. The Nashville victim sent a $134 check by mail to pay a Comcast bill, but the cable company never got the payment. Pinnacle Bank informed the victim that the check was altered and written to Walmart in Murfreesboro on South Rutherford Boulevard. There, the suspect purchased $600 worth of gift cards. There's a security photo posted on WGNSRadio.com and information on someone to call if you think you recognize the suspect. Tennessee is asking help in getting all people 70 and older vaccinated. Health Department Commissioner Dr. Lisa Piercy said that two out of every three Tennesseans age 70-plus have not yet been vaccinated against COVID-19. Piercy asked for help reaching out to anyone who is within that age group. Numbers show that older people are more vulnerable to severe illness and hospitalization from the coronavirus. The Lady Raiders games against Marshall this weekend have been COVID-19 canceled due to a positive test result and contact tracing within the Lady Raider bubble. Director of Athletics Chris Massaro says no makeup date has yet been set. However, Conference USA is expected to release a schedule with makeup dates for future foes next week. The Marshall series marks the first conference games in Middle Tennessee as missed. And a bill to put a statue of Dolly Parton on Tennessee's Capitol Hill is gaining rare bipartisan support. It unanimously passed the House Naming and Designating Committee yesterday. Legislation is on its way to the state and local government committee for consideration. If it gains final approval, a statue would be privately built and funded. State lawmakers have called Dolly the perfect example of what it means to be a Tennessean. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. At Heritage South Community Credit Union, we help when others won't. It's what our members tell us we do every day. Whether it's a loan for a car you need to get to work or saving for the future, let us see if we can help. If you live, work, worship, or attend school in Rutherford, Bedford, or Marshall Counties, you can be a member of Heritage South. Visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, to learn more. Insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender.
Good neighbor weather. A few spotty rain showers here this afternoon with mostly cloudy skies high in the mid-50s. Winds out of the northwest between 5 and 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 42. Premier Six Theater is open. They're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy. Check MurfreesboroMovies.com for showtimes. For Premier Six Theater, they're now open. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back with Mike Bartlett, and uh, somebody was giving you a hard time before we came back on the air up there at the studio. What in the world caused all of that? I don't know. I've learned in 36 years, never make the guy that buys ink by the barrel mad, Yeah, and never make the guy that asks you questions mad, so I have a great deal of respect for Brian, I'll say that out loud but you know is that because you have to have that yeah yeah, no doubt i have to be nice to brian yeah some things are just forced upon us. yes sir bless your heart well truman could learn Uh, a lesson or two from that then (laughs) i'm too old brian (laughs) i got that i don't worry about that anymore (laughs) now um we were talking about something that's why brian cut in because this is a very difficult subject um you can look at it a lot of ways. Uh, sometimes, uh, as being parents and grandparents, you want your kids or grandkids to perform at the best level possible. Uh, in fact, some would love to have their kids playing Major League Ball, and, and, and they would love to be able to uh, give them all the chances that they can to play at the top level. And I'm talking about travel ball because I've seen a lot of it. Um, do sometimes we as parents or grandparents, we push our kids a little bit too hard and maybe we, we need to listen more from the people who are actually working with the kids, the, the coaches and 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 things like that because travel ball takes up a lot of a kid's time. Uh, they go all over the place. I mean, uh, I, a lot of them will go down in Florida in the Florida leagues and play some of, against the best teams. I know that in some ways it probably makes those kids better at, at that particular sport. But... Um, do we do that too much as, as far as taking them away from other things that would be beneficial to them also? Probably, like in everything we do, there are, you know, the, the, we've lost the middle ground, I think, in athletics. Yeah. And um, Does what it still it, stay uh, fun with those kids when they do that? I don't, I don't know if... Number one, I wouldn't have been able to afford it back then. Yeah. But I would have been that kid that I would have played every day, all day. Yeah. I um, was like that when I was a kid. But now, I think the reason we do it has changed a lot. I wanted to play. We played something every day. You mm-hmm. know, we threw something every day. Football, basketball, rocks, whatever. Yeah. But now, I think at times, and research has shown the number one cause of injury in athletics is lack of rest. And not necessarily sleep but we call it active rest kids mm-hmm. don't get outside of baseball and do anything non-baseball relating whereas we'd ride bikes we'd go swim whatever you know whatever there was to do mm-hmm. and probably the the thing that sticks out to me is the the amount of resources we put into um a player's life or career, mm-hmm. and when they're 18, the, the the return from that investment is um, no one no one in any other area would invest these resources to get the end result, other mm-hmm. than you know maybe a, a to be able to 
post it on a social media. Um, but I will say there are – I have coached a handful of kids that were like you and I. They would play all year long. Yeah. Um, probably on a position player, it's not as detrimental. But, you know, you and I were talking earlier about if you lose your arm in baseball – you know, you got to be a DH, or maybe they stick you at first base, which is are crowded, you know, positions now mm-hmm. these days. But it's a, it, it, it's a tough, tough thing to do. Our, I had two boys that played through high school. One played through college. We didn't do that until they were like seventeen or eighteen. When you know, when you need to be exposed. Yeah, you don't want a career-ending in, injury. That's one thing you don't want. But I remember, you you probably don't even remember who Ernie Banks was. Oh, my goodness, yeah. I got his autograph. You did? My brother got his autograph. Shortstop for the Chicago Cubs. And you know what he would always say before the game? Let's play two. Let's play two. Great. I'm a baseball You're my kind of guy. But but uh, uh, I think he he hit probably more home runs than any shortstop that ever played the game, and and uh, I, I would watch him and I loved because being a baseball uh, nut like I was, I would uh, loved anybody that wanted to play the game. Now if there was a pro baseball player up there, it looked like he was just not enjoying himself out there. I couldn't watch him. Uh, and I'm still one of those people that I think Pete Rose should be in the Hall of Fame. Now, they'll give me all the reasons why he shouldn't, but nobody played that game any harder than he did. And the Hall of Fame is for the people who, with without any uh, additional uh, means of playing the game better, they were out there pushing hard every game. And I think that's uh, – baseball is for the, – the Hall of Fame is for people who put that effort in as far as I'm concerned. I would hate to – it'd be a very small membership if we kicked everybody out that was not Even, even the babe. Even uh, the babe. Yes, and – my brother played in the era where, you know, amphetamines, the greenies, you know, where do we draw the line with yeah. PEDs where, you know, we can kick everybody out for doing something wrong. Yeah. But I, I agree. Based on his ability to play baseball, he ought to be a first ballot 100 percenter. I think the Hall of Fame should be pure with the people who made the effort. Um you don't do you you don't remember Dizzy Dean at your age, do you? Dizzy Dean is a he grew up was raised probably thirty miles from where I was grew up in he grew up in oh, Havana, wow. Arkansas. My well, yeah. What what is the history of him being in Arkansas? Of course he ended up in Mississippi, that's where he lived uh, up until the time he died. They grew up uh, I don't. I just read a book. A former basketball coach at Arkansas Tech wrote the history of baseball in Arkansas, and I'm just in the middle of the Dean family. But they were born right around the west central part of Arkansas, and that's as far as I've gotten. And Johnny Sane is from that area. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Brooks Robinson. You were talking about. I don't even know what your question was, but watching you listen to the. World Series on the radio. When we were young, we watched. We would race home from elementary school to watch those afternoon games in '70 or '71 when Brooks Robinson, who's a native of Little Rock, had that great defensive great series. Great third baseman. There were a lot of blue jeans worn out in my hometown diving and trying to emulate Brooks Robinson making all those diving plays. But those were my earliest memories of World Series was running home from elementary school, turning it on just to get to watch the last. Now, was he your hero? Uh, Brother being a New York Met, Willie Mays, only played there a year. But Tom Seaver. um, Great pitcher. I wanted to name our first son, George Thomas. But my wife said, we're not going to call our son George. So that got squashed. But I was a, you know, grew up a Cardinal fan because we could hear him on the radio, learned Mm -hmm. how to keep a scorebook, listen to Cardinal radio and, when my brother got drafted, I became a Mets fan, and you know when he got out. I, by that time, I was 
thinking about getting into coaching. I was more of a fan of baseball than a particular team or person. But Brooks Robinson, everybody wanted to play third base. You'd go to tryouts, there'd be 9,000 guys at third base because they wanted to be Brooks Robinson growing up. Isn't that funny how individuals have so much effect on others? This is bringing back really good, you know, the old memories of, you know, this is this is this has been a good conversation to have. Bring up old baseball memories. Yeah, um, Thomas Booker, who uh, was from Smyrna, uh, he's on my show every once in a while. He's the best baseball um, individual when it comes to memories of all the teams and what happened. And I, I could sit there and listen to him forever uh, when we start talking about other players. And baseball is one of those games that it doesn't change a whole lot over the years. And uh, But the one thing that does change, uh, television has made a big difference in baseball, as we all know. And um, I... In some ways, it's a good thing. In some ways, it's not a good thing. But um, the players, they haven't changed a whole lot over a 100 years. And you start thinking about uh, all the ones that uh, uh, have made the Hall of Fame and, and things like that. But they, they, the players seem to make a major impact on all the young people. Uh, I, I can remember that... I still remember the first time I ever got to go watch a major league game, and and um, it stayed with me my whole life after all these years. I got to take my dad and mom to the Cardinal baseball uh, game. At that they just, my daddy, he couldn't he couldn't sit down. He had to stand and look at everything that was in that ballpark. And uh, the memories you could see were just flashing in his eyes. And uh, I think that that's probably the best thing. And I, uh, when I look at my old memories, I think it's right there at the top. It's sitting in that, uh, sitting over there or watching uh, all the great players come out and, and watching how it was affecting my dad. Yeah. Having just been around so much baseball. It's and it may be the same for you. Everywhere I go, especially in Arkansas or you know Middle Tennessee area, mm-hmm. there's a baseball memory there. Yeah, uh, you know we played there. I know someone from there, and uh, just all the people that we've come in contact uh, with are just so special. I told our players just the other day how fortunate I was with all the connections with all the people I've baseball has afforded me to come in contact and you know some of them are really famous some of them are my best friend that wasn't a very good baseball player but the you know that relationship we build just through you think about how big that circle of baseball is and yet how intertwined it is with all the people all the people that we know there's a connection every time i see someone you know first time i've ever met you there were people that if we talked long enough, we we both know just through the game of baseball. Yeah, was was that a game that you brought you and your dad closer? Uh, probably not. Living, um, he was a hard man, mm-hmm. um, and once my brother became a professional ball player, the expectation from him rose. So it wasn't the baseball was not it was not the galvanizing force for our relationship mm-hmm. um my he's still my mentor our american legion coach um probably was the one that convinced me that i might be able to coach just because i was so interested in the game um he's in he's finally retired he's probably the best teacher of baseball that i've ever heard been around and i've been to coaches clinics heard you know the really great coaches but he's the one that he kind of that that was kind of my i guess my male connection to baseball as i was 15 16 years old well uh, me I, I grew up on a farm and uh, when i was very uh, small and my dad was pitching to me when i was four years old we, we'd be throwing the ball back and uh 
he would take me to the ball games and stuff when I was very young. And it was just something that um, um, I think in a, in a lot of ways baseball is, is uh, in, in my situation, uh, it, it, it did draw me uh, uh, closer to my dad. My dad was a Greyhound bus driver, so he was gone a lot. <laughs> so um, when he'd come home, He'd go grab a, a glove and a ball, and we'd sit out there throwing to each other. It just it just made it pretty special. I think baseball is a special game. I think it 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 uh, you you have more f- friends, and, and you have more people that are very similar to what you are when you're growing up at that time. And uh, um, you're blessed, Mike, oh, and no I know doubt. you know it. Oh, but, I tell but to be able day. to stay in that uh, game for all of these years is pretty special. I think this is either 52 or 53 years Monday that I'll get to put a uniform on. Yeah. And not, you know, that Monday will be a, a really special day. And you're looking forward to it. Oh, yeah. My arm's not. Uh-oh. The rest of my body is. Do you still hit uh, practice? Infield practice and all those things that yes. go on. I uh, had shoulder surgery a couple of years ago, so the batting practice, I've got to scoot up a little closer than I used to. And if I get much closer, they're going to be hitting me with a bat. But I'm going to still do it. When I can't do that, I think I'll just say I'll go rake fields or work for come out work for the city and take care of fields, which is another great part oh, of the job. Oh, yeah. Do, do you do that with your players? Do they have to perform after they practice or before and go out and make sure the field's taken care of? They do most of it. There's some parts that we just won't let them, like dragging. We're, um, I guess OCD is the word. We're really, I'm really OCD about that part of the yeah. thing because that time when I, especially in the summer, that's probably kept me married for 35 years is the time that I get to go mow and I can argue with my wife on the mower and nobody hears it and we've already had the fight by the time I get home but uh, yeah that's a great source of pride and I wanted to mention that earlier Um, 1995 the fields and the you know the complexes in this county were just very average but you know as each school improved their field and now we all most of us have indoor hitting facilities you know it's kind of been an arms race to see who can have the nicest field and it has afforded us to be able to host spring fling state baseball tournament which is everybody in the state gets to come to our town our county and see why we all love to live here and um I can remember playing on really, really bad fields as you do. Yes. Could you imagine getting to play on the fields we have in our county? How much better? I would think I was in the major leagues. Oh, yeah. Our kids will go off to college, and the fields they play on aren't as nice as the ones they play on in high school just because, you know, the the sport we have from our county. I never thought I'd see this day, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah. We go to some places, and it's better than, far better than what I played on in college. Far better. Uh, the kids don't even know how special this is, do they? No. And well, we them. had rocks for bases. <laughs> <laughs> and the bases never were 90 feet. One was always crooked. Yeah. If you hit it in the corn, it was ground rule double. The umpire thought you hit it far enough, it was a home run. Playing in small communities. and Yeah. This, they don't know. They. This is like the field of dreams. This baseball heaven here. It's like they were born on third base and they think they hit a triple and they don't they don't know how they got to third base on the backs of all these people that have done a lot of work before them. Is, is baseball still a big attraction here in in the in the community? Uh, uh, put it up against uh, football or basketball or or something like that. Are the fans different in each sport? That's something I've always noticed. It it, it 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 always caught my eye. I would I w- I'd want to say that baseball fans are more educated, not quite as outspoken, but you can't always say that. You know, in a rivalry or a tense game, yeah. um, there is. I've coached football for most of 
with the exception of time starting the program at Stewart's Creek, there just wasn't enough time to to do both. Mm-hmm. And those that have coached both, there's nothing like right before that game kicks off as far as the raw, pure emotion. Mm-hmm. But neither is there a feeling like going to Oakland, Riverdale, Siegel, Blackman, Laverne, Smyrna, playing a district game, especially on Thursday if both teams are even and that's that – third game there's just there's an electric feeling yeah. and our district tournament is uh, there you know when you're playing to get to potentially go to the state tournament mm-hmm. that's an exciting atmosphere we've had we've been fortunate to get to play in that game um at Siegel a couple of times at blackman um we had to beat Siegel. Siegel beat his first game that second game to get to go was a just an electric atmosphere and it is different from football because of you know the emotion mm-hmm. um we tell our players every year at some point during the game when the pitch is thrown notice how quiet it is there's yeah. that instant that ball's released that anticipation there's absolutely no one talking and i think it's just one of those things you you have to notice and, yeah. and that's the joy of football i mean baseball football and basketball someone's always yelling but yeah when they release that pitch there's that just that short period of time where everything's quiet and still and then there's a burst of action seems like it's more personal because you can see there and and you can see the expressions on their faces when they something as special has happened and 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 the excitement of it um we uh, Brian's telling us we're, we've run out of time. No, we're good, Brian. <laughs> if we if we go off the air, then that means he's going to have to go on the air. Ugh. And can you imagine how the uh, the ratings drop after you leave here and Brian's up there? They're all punching that button for another station right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can tell you that Thank I've got you. a whole slew of additional questions to ask you when you come on in a few weeks on the coaches' show now. <laughs> I'll send an assistant. Brian. And he will use the show against you, I guarantee you. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Mike Bartlett and Stewart's Creek, and I have thoroughly enjoyed it, and I'm glad I got to meet you uh, As today. have I. It's it, been it, a great morning. Oh, it has been a great morning. All right, guys, you've got Brian now. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.